Have you ever looked around and wondered why you are where you are in life and the events that led to that? Exactly what happened that got you to this point? Today we're going to talk to the author Joel Hulk of The Eggshell Effect and his journey from living from fear to love and those recognitions in his own life and world. Thanks for listening to Bowties in Business. I'm your host, Tim Kubiak. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe if you like what you hear. Today, I'd like to welcome Joel Holt to the show. Joel is an energy awareness coach. He's also a lifetime entrepreneur. He's an emerging author in the healing arts. His book, which we're going to be talking about, is The Eggshell Effect. It's his story of how he discovered the source of his lifetime illness and how he powerfully transformed his health beyond the limitations that traditional medicine had sent for him. The book talks about his own journey, his work with his client, and he creates a space for others to become self-aware in a way that enables them to tap into their energy as a source, a source that empowers them to choose freely throughout their life's journey. Joel discovered this approach to self-healing while battling a severe autoimmune disease, one that conventional medical practitioners had diagnosed him with as a lifetime in a wheelchair. His transformation is based around the altering of his lifestyle, which includes a plant-based diet, spiritual awareness, and a connection and emotional growth. This is leaps and bounds from his health as a boy. He was born in Argentina in 1967, the son of a Holocaust survivor, and he and his family emigrated to Israel when he was three years old growing up on a kibitz. In his 20s, he traveled the worlds of South America and Europe, and then New York, finally settling in my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He has two grown children, and they're starting on their own journeys. He's a longtime entrepreneur, as I said. He's worked in real estate and in-home sales. He owns a marketing network firm, but his critical focus is providing energy awareness to others. This is a really insightful conversation. His story alone is amazing and inspiring. Reading his book is one of the few things that has truly touched me as a reader and caused me to look at things in my own life. So I've enjoyed this conversation and I go places that typically guarded old Tim doesn't go in this conversation with Joel. I hope you enjoy it. So I'm joined by Joel Hoke, the author of The Eggshell Effect. And today's conversation, we're going to talk about living a life from a place of love rather than fear. Quite a bit about Joel's story and frankly, some of the things I think I took away from the book and he could tell me if I'm wrong. So thanks for being here. Good morning. Thank you very much, Tim. How are you today? I am fantastic. Yourself? I am great. Thank you. So I know the book's pre-production now, but by the time this comes out, it should be released. So tell everybody where they can find your book. So as of right now, I mean, eventually it will be on Amazon, but as of right now for any pre-order or anybody that will order directly the book from uh, Actual Effect or joelhulk.com, actualeffect.com, uh, they will receive a signed copy. So if they want to do that, I'd be happy to, to sign it. Uh, and then after that, um, probably by the time that the broadcast will be out, it will be on Amazon as well. Okay. So, so Joel, tell us what you should, tell us what the book's about, because there's so many different ways to tell a story. And you weave your personal journey and some really almost intimate details of how you got to where you are from where you began into this. How much time do we have, Tim? We have an hour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if we go longer, I'll cut it into two episodes. <laughs> no worries. Okay. okay. So, 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 so the book is really is about my, my journey and the, the, the actual effect at my journey from fear. And basically, about 12 years ago, I was really sick and I was barely able to walk. And, and I went to, to the doctors and, and eventually I was diagnosed with autoimmune disease. And, and the doctor told me, say, Joel, within 10 years, you probably got to be living in a wheelchair, so get your life in order to live in wheelchair. And for about a year or so, I actually believe him. I actually, I thought this is the future that I'm living into. And this is this was my future now at the time i was a single parent with two young kids and, and and the first thought that crossed my mind is okay within 10 years both of my kids will be out of high school 
And I, unfortunately for them, they will have to take care of themselves, but they will be young adults to do that. So, so it wasn't, but this was one of the things that crossed my mind. Obviously there were a lot of things, but, and for, for that time, it, it was going back and forth. I can beat this disease, I cannot, I can, I cannot. Uh, then at that point, uh, I went to actually to a self-awareness seminar um, that's called the, the Forum. And in the, in the Forum, the, the way that it's, the event run, there's basically everybody sitting in the big room and there's a speaker sitting on, standing on the top of the stage and running the show. And then there are microphones all around the room for people to get up and to, and to share, their, to share, to ask a question, to talk. So I got up to ask a question. And at the time I was walking with a cane barely walking and I was walking with a cane and the lady that ran the show asked him, what's wrong with you, Joel? And I say, I have, a, I, I have a MS. And she looked at me and she say, you know, it's an autoimmune disease. I say, yes, I do. And she say, you know, you brought it on yourself. Now, this was like, hit me in the core. Now, if you would be in the seminar, this lady took no prisoners. Like, she, if you battle with this woman, you, you are out. There's no way for you to win. And I have seen her doing that. So, so I, I had no clue what she's talking about. However, I had no tools to battle her either. So I say, okay, for me to be safe, I say, sure, I know. But the truth of the matter, I had no clue what she's talking about. And the, the seminar was amazing. I got a lot of value out of it. And a few weeks later, a thought crossed my mind. And I say, what about if it's true that I really brought this disease on myself? If it's true that I brought a disease on myself, it's mean for me that I also can heal myself. If I have the power to make myself healthy, as sick, I have the power to make myself healthy. And this thought just completely changed the rest of my life. So this is a little part about the, about the book. Obviously, as you know, the book has many, many layers and many points. So I will just give the call back to you if, if you want to be more specific or if you have any questions. Sure. So, so part of the thing in the book, right, is your background and your personal history before you got to that point, right? You'd been born in Argentina, is that correct? Correct. You grew up in Israel. Correct. And you moved to the U.S. kind of on a whim, basically, to attend a wedding outside of New York City, got a job, and stayed. So can you kind of fill in a little bit of the blanks there for people? Because it really is a fascinating journey. So, so, so I was born in Argentina. And when I was three years old, my family moved uh, to Israel. And I grew up in Israel until after... I finished high school, I finished the service in Israel. And after that, I went to Europe. And my passion at the time was horses. I, I was training horses and I went to Europe and I, and I trained horses and it was, I thought this is it. I, I'm, I'm, I arrived in heaven and everything will be great. And I turned my passion into, into my work. And unfortunately I lost the passion and it just became work. And, and I literally got burned out. I was working from six o'clock in the morning until 12 o'clock at night, seven days a week. And it just was so much. Uh, and then I traveled a little bit in Europe. Then I actually ended up traveling uh, in South America. I went back to Argentina for the first time as an adult. And I was really on my way back back home and and my mom called me she said hey you know uh, your cousin is getting married in new york and i'm planning to be there maybe we should meet in new york and then we can fly back home after that and i said great why not and i have no place to be and then like might as well be in new york for a little bit before i'm going back home and i flew to new york and i got a few weeks earlier to new york and i stay with my family over there my aunt and uncle and, and they you know they will very, very kind to me. And I say, hey, I have, I think I had about four weeks before my mom was arriving. And I say, let, let me look for a job. And, you know, there's 
there's every culture in the world is in New York, you know? So, so obviously there's plenty of Israelis in New York and, and I find a job. And by my time that my mind came, I start making money and I say, you know, maybe I should stay here a little longer and then go back to Israel uh, with some money in my pocket and then start something. But I never went back. <laughs> you never left. Never left. <laughs> so that's kind of your personal journey. But in the book, you talk about your relationships from your parents through your spouses. You talk about relationships with business partners. You know, how did that affect ultimately what led you to that point of going to the forum? So I, I really went to the forum and I was introduced to the forum by somebody that was at the time a very good friend of mine. And I was, I was, the forum itself, actually, when I went to the forum for the first time uh, to be introduced to the forum, I thought these people are crazy. I, I mean, like, I, they, I, I, I look at them and I say, these people are crazy. I, have, I, don't, I don't want to do anything with them. And, and, and then a day or two later, I said, okay, you know, maybe there's something. Maybe there's something over there I actually went online. And, and, and really, at that point, it was not without the, it was just straight to the, straight to the conversation. What's the point? Without all the, the people around it and clapping and, and, and the outside noise, just really listening to the message. And the message resonated with me. I, I, I register online and, and I went to do the form. And what opened up from that, it really, it, it just, it's been an extremely important part of my journey, the, the, being in the landmark form, as everything else is important. Every person that showed up in my life, every person that, that brought joy and love and any person that brought uh, pain and sadness and, and hurt, every person that showed up in my life supports me to become who I am today. And, 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 and as you read in the book, you know, you, you, see, you see a lot of people that brought joy and brought love into my life. And you see a lot of people that brought pain. Mm -hmm. And people often ask me, Joel, would you remove that? Would you, you know, are you mad at this person? And, and it's not that I was not mad. I, I don't want, you know, at the time I was mad. But as I grew and as I kept evolving, I understand today that for me to be who I am today, I had to experience everything that I experienced in my life. I had to experience every person that showed up into my life. I cannot look back and say, I wish that this and that did not happen because then I will not be who I am today. And we are, everything that we do and everything that we are, it's all connected one to another. It's all chains that connect. So we cannot look back and say, oh, this chain brought me pain and suffering. I wish that it did not happen. If this chain was not happening, we will be ending up in a completely different place. Not good or bad, just different. Yeah. But, but I would just, before you ask the next, the next question, is the point is, is to be in peace and self-love to where we are today. Because if we're getting there to be complete, and it does not mean that life is perfect. My life is not perfect, but I am in peace with where I am today. And I understand that for me to be in peace with where I am today, it's thanks to everything that happened in my life, including the pain and suffering. Sometimes it's thanks to the pain and suffering, because usually we are only growing from our pain and suffering. When everything is great, we don't ask ourselves questions, how do we get here? We don't ask ourselves questions, there is anything more out of life because everything is great and we're just floating. But when actually we're suffering, when we have pain, when things don't go our way, this is when we grow the most. So you, on that transformation, if you will, you went from essentially being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and Western medicine and at the risk of overstating it, you went through a change, not just physically, but how you approached your illness, the type of treatments you sought, 
and spiritually. Is that fair? Yeah. And, and you talk about the chain link, right? Literally, you make the point at all, later in the book that had you not met one person, you would have never met the other. And ultimately, it led to you running a 5K and then a 10K, having been walking with a cane a number of years prior. How did each of those experiences build on top of each other for you? So, so to understand the chain uh, is I got to a point later, later in the book and later in my life that after I was diagnosed and then my mom passed away uh, in 2013. And I, 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 flew, I, flew, I flew to Israel. This is where my family live. I flew to Israel. And I was there with my mom for the last week of her life. And I was there uh, for the week after I was with my family. And I flew back home. And as I came back home the following day, uh, my wife at the time say, I'm, I'm leaving. So within a week time, I lost my mom and I lost my wife that I loved them both dearly. And I want to die. This is the best way for me to describe it. I didn't want to kill myself, but I would be okay to die. My kids were there that I, at the time I, you know, I, again, this is two kids that I been a single parent from almost the, the time that they were born. And they, they, I knew that they need me. I knew that they need to live for them, but I just, it just was so painful. And eventually I asked myself the question, how did they get here? Now, if we remember the question that the lady in the landmark form asked me is you brought it on yourself. Now, as I start healing myself, I was very, it was fairly easy for me to do the things to, I stopped, I stopped drinking coffee. I stopped drinking uh, alcohol, I stopped drinking anything that I had to drink. I was just drinking water, and I'm still today. Really, it's 99% of what I'm drinking is is water. Uh, I stopped eating gluten. I started stop eating meat. I, I became eventually became a vegan, gluten free, uh, taking supplements. So the, the the doing things was fairly easy for me to do. That gave me a tremendous amount of support in my healing. That 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 eventually within probably six months i was able to let the conventional doctor go and just working with alternative doctors and being off medications but this is still did not went to the core statement and the question is you got yourself sick just because i was able to heal myself it did not give me the answer now as i came back home from israel after my mom passed away and then my wife at the time left In, within probably a few weeks, I asked myself the question is, how did they get here? How did they end up here? Having, being a single parent for two kids, running multiple businesses that really don't enjoy any of them, living in a city, in a country that I never had the desire to live in, and having two marriages falling apart, having a disease, like how did they get here? Like what happened? <laughs> And for that, I start looking back at the chains that we all connected and went back to the last day of first grade as sitting in the classroom and the teacher saying, uh, giving all the kids the report cards and the diploma for first grade. And in the diploma, it say the name of the school, the name of the student completing first grade welcome to go to second grade in my diploma there was my, the name of the school my name and where it say welcome to go to second grade there was a black marker but no 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 you're not going to second grade you have to do first grade again and in that moment my life got kidnapped by fear and my life has never been the same from that moment on I immediately felt stupid. I immediately felt abandoned. I immediately felt like I have a secret. How would I cover my secret right now that I'm stupid? 
And the reason that I had to do first grade again is because I have dyslexia. So I could not read or write in first, in the end of first grade. And quite honestly, I could not read or write in the end of the second time that I went to first grade, but they say, we have to let him go. We can't keep him in first, first grade forever. Uh, and, but the, at that point, this is really when everything got tilted in my life. Eventually, living in under tremendous amount of shame, secret, self-talk, this is what basically shape up of who is the people that I chose to surround myself with. Why did I chose them? Why did that happen? And then this is was when the lady in the, in the form say, you made yourself sick. This is where it came from. And eventually, many years later, I was able to heal myself from the autoimmune disease. I was able, not just working, I actually was able to run 5K and take and 10K within a month, period. It's, it, just, it, just, it just how powerful our mind is. You took that transformation and there's a line in the book about you built Team Joel. And, and to me that spoke about the power of community and surrounding yourself with the right people. Is that really what you're trying to encourage the readers to do at that point and in those reflections? So I hope that the people that go to read the book will find encouragement for themselves and will be able to learn something from my experience that go to reflect for their own life. The reason that I share this is because this is what I did. I, 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 and it's from so much pain and suffering. I need this team, Joel, to be able to be able to breathe, to be able to just take care of myself, to be able to just survive the day. You know, I, I built team Joel when in the time that I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. I, I was sleeping probably two hours, two hours a day if I'm lucky uh, in 20 minutes break of sleeping for 20 minutes, waking up and my mind starts running. I, this was, and many times this was the only good thing that I actually had to look forward in the day, just to be surrounding by people that, that helping. And my, my therapist was, she actually the one that called it Tim Joel. And, and this is, I, I adapt that. And, and she's a very par, big part of Tim Joel uh, that, that support me to do it. And it's true is that who we surrounding ourselves with will impact who we become. And if we're surrounding ourselves, and this is can apply to anything in life, it's can apply into, into our own health, into our own well-being, into our own relationship, into our own business, into our own work, wherever we do, is who we're surrounding ourselves with is really there to, to support us. And, and the beauty is it, it's, it's, there, it's, it's an exchange. It's real team is an exchange. It's not, we call it team Joel because I was the one that connect everybody together, but there was an exchange. It was give and take. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not that um, I was the one that just taking, taking, taking without giving anything back. So some people it was, I actually hired their services and I actually gave them money. For some people it was, they did not get paid, but they got value outside of this. And even the people that got paid, they received something in exchange more than just, just money. So one of the things in the book, if, as people go to read it, is while you're the central character, the people that came into your life, both positively and negatively, I think a lot of readers will identify with, whether it's parental situations, former partners, business and personal, the fear of abandonment. You know, it was interesting to me reading the section about the bodybuilder because I was a power lifter and it was for different reasons, but I wanted to be the, the guy that was so big and so strong, nobody ever came up to him. So I never had to deal with it, right? And so it was really interesting that I could look at that and look at different people that you represented in your life and see other people, frankly, from parts of my life too. It was fascinating. 
And I think a lot of people will get that kind of identity from it. You made my day. <laughs> well, good. Good. And this, this is the purpose of the book. The purpose of the book, and, and, and I've been blessed by many great things in my life, and I've been blessed by many obstacles. I've been blessed by many gifts, and I've been blessed by many challenges. And I share all of them. And somebody will find something to relate into the book that will speak to themselves and be able to get connected to why they do what they do. My hope that this book will support people to ask themselves the question, how did they get here and understand that and be able to, and we don't need to be as broken as I was when I asked this question. We can, we can be in a good place. People can be in a good place when they read this book, but how did they get here? And like you say, is it, about the bodybuilder in the book. You can relate to that and you can understand why he did what he did. Now, this gentleman, his life story led him to where it is, and it's not exactly how it's led to you. However, the source of why you did what you did and the source of why he did what he did, it's probably a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, if you look, I, I was small when I was a child and bullied by older kids. So I wanted to be bigger and extract revenge. That, that, that's the truth. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and this is why this book called my journey from fear. And this is your journey from fear of you want to become strong, not necessarily because you want to become strong. You were afraid to be bullied. You were afraid to get yeah. beat up. You were afraid. And this is how we live in life. Most of the things that we're doing in life are reaction to fear. Yep. Yep. And it, it, in that case, when you ask him about the first time he walked into gym, first time I walked into commercial gym was in Bridgeville, PA. Right. And I could remember that day like that when I read that piece. Yeah. So, yeah. You have an interesting blend in the book. And by the way, I love it because it is very open. You're very accepting when presented with people's situations or dilemmas that might conventional challenge conventional morality. There's two or three cases in the book of that. But you also blend different types of spirituality in the book, along with, you know, you talk about your therapist, you know, some traditional Western medicine type approaches as well. And it's part of it is you found a way to make all those different variables work. We talked about Team Joel, but were you actively seeking out new parts, new solutions, or did they happen naturally for you? They happen naturally. Okay. And, and, and it was just, even in the book, just one door led to another door and one opening led to another opening and one person led to another person. And, and the beauty of that is that these people were there throughout all my life. I never got connected to them because I was so focused on the life as destination. I never accept life as a journey. I was, it was always a place to get, always a place to be, always a mark to accomplish. So, so, so when I lived my life with so focused on getting somewhere, I did not really enjoy life because I thought I will be happy over there. Once I get there, I will be happy. And I could not see the people that walked through my life path because I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I was like a horse in the, in the race that I couldn't see them. Once I let the blind sides go, and once I start relating to life as a journey, I could slow down and actually absorb the energy of these people, get these people into my life, and then just see more people and more people coming. Some of them came and brought very little value, and some of them brought, came in and brought tremendous amount of value, and it was okay. In life of destination, if I meet somebody that bring me no value, I'm just waste an hour or a day or a week or a month of my life because you brought me no service. But sometimes these people just, just 
it's we did not meet in the right time yet and and we still we were supposed to meet i i think the phrase you used in the book was tomorrow arrived and it was yesterday and i missed it is that right or close to right <laughs> so, so 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 thank you for mentioning that uh, so i remember uh, when i was uh, barely walking a single parent my kids were young uh, for those of us that live in the northeast we, we have basements here and, and and this is where the washer and dryer is and, and going all the way down to the basement and climbing up barely barely walking uh, with, with the kids with the kids clean clothes and I and we all heard about sacrifice today for a better tomorrow correct this is this is a statement that we all heard about it and and some of us really live by that. And I did. I said, okay, don't worry about it. Just, just tomorrow will be better. Tomorrow will be better. And as I walking up the stairs, a thought crossed my mind. Sacrifice today for better tomorrow. And I didn't realize that tomorrow was here already yesterday. And I miss it all up. Now, I'm getting chills just saying this right now. And I wish that at that moment, my life would be transformed. Unfortunately, it took probably another 10 or some years after that for my life to completely be transformed. But this stuff that just was planning in my subconscious mind, eventually were blooming. There is a difference between sacrificing today for a better tomorrow. We can be committed, we can be a, engage we can be but the, the, sacri the sacrifice of today for a better tomorrow it, 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 it's it's almost pointless because we don't enjoy the journey now enjoy the journey today could be life difficult today could you could you, you could put a lot of effort into work or into into schooling or into into building something that is really important that you we don't see the result yet i've been working on this book for five years Never for a second I felt that I'm sacrificing any moment to build this book. It was always a journey. It was always a joy. Sometimes it, it did not feel 100%. It did not went exactly the way that I want to. But it was always a creation. It was not a sacrifice. One of the key messages you repeated, and I like that you call it in the opening. You say, some things will repeat here but that's quite intentional. And th they repeat and they repeat and are built upon um, as you read through. And one of the things is not reacting from a place of fear, but reacting from a place of love. How did that transform your life? So just to be clear in my theory and in my book and in my experience of my life, we live life and it's not only i mean this is also my experience of working with uh, with people that i work throughout the years is that when we are sourcing ourselves from fear we are in a reaction nobody actually do anything from fear with a clear thought because the fear energy in the back of our mind in our subconscious mind just keep burning and burning and burning for me it was keeping a secret that i can't read and write and keeping a secret that i'm stupid so everything that i would see would come from that place to cover up this secret i didn't want to be known as stupid and and more than that if people would come to me and say joel you're pretty smart and what i would hear is I fool you too. Mm, interesting. I would not take it as a compliment. I will hear I fool you too. Because I could not absorb that. Now, this is when we are reaction from fear. Now, unfortunately, my experience and my thought is that most people in the world living like that. This is why we have so many wars between people. We, this is why we are so arguing. And this is why people fight. And this is why it just, just, there is no, it just, we're always there to protect something. Now, if we're choosing life from love, 
energy. And I just want to be clear, this is not the intimate romantic love that I'm talking about. This is not a love between a man or a woman or a man and a man or a woman. Like, this is not what I'm talking about. And this is not anything to do with sexuality or anything like that. This is energy of love. When we are sourcing ourselves from energy of love, we can actually freely choose what we want to do next. It's easier said than done. The biggest challenge is to acknowledge the fact that we are operating in a reaction from fear and where is it coming from? Because until we don't understand and getting complete with the energy of where it's coming from, it was always going to be there. The conversation of me being stupid or smart or being able to read or not able to read, this conversation is being complete. The energy of this being complete. But it's still showing up every now and then. And the knowledge and the ability is to actually recognize right now, it's right here, right now. And what do I do with that? Because if we don't recognize that we, this is actually sourcing us, we cannot do anything. If we don't understand that we've been in a reaction from fear right here, right now, obviously we have no choices because we are in a reaction from fear. Yeah, I, I, I use the phrase, you know, when everything's, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? And, I, and I've been the hammer much of my professional life, so I know. <laughs> yeah. Because this is the glasses that we wear. Yeah. This is the only way for us to see life. Yep. Because you're hammer. Yep. Yeah. So you see everything is a nail, whether it is or not. <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah. And if it's not a nail, you make it a nail. And then, then people don't, they, people, then things don't work because not everybody are now. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly right. I'm the wrong. I know I learned the hard way that I'm the wrong guy to put in front of something that is working. You give me something broken, I'm a happy, happy man because I'll build it and fix it business-wise. You give me something that's working, I'll break it so I can fix it. <laughs> and we can, I mean, we're not going to do it right now, but if you're looking at your own life and the book will give you an opportunity to do that, yep. is why is it? Yeah. 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 Because that's where I perceive my value. Right? Yeah, Absolutely. Because if, if things not broken, then you're not valuable. Right. But the truth of the matter, it's this is all in your head. Yep. This is all something that happened to you in your childhood that, that reshape your life. Yeah. Yeah. And you okay. step back. That's a great segue, actually. Something, we all have that something, right? And it took you, I'll say a dozen people, roughly, until somebody really asked that question that took you back to that moment. Yeah. So, um, on it's, that. It's the people and the experience. And again, as we talked about earlier, is what we occur to us as a bad thing, as a painful thing, it's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. so, so, I lost my father 12 years ago. A few years later, I end up my first marriage. So in a sense, you can say, hey, Joel, you had the experience of losing a parent and experience of getting divorced for the first time. And I did not, it did not awake me. Yeah. So in our life, we're getting the same lesson again and again and again. And whatever your relationship to God, to to the universe, whatever it is, is, is I, I will call it God. God will basically turn up the volume a little bit and say, hey, I gave you a little bit lesson. You did not get it. Let me give you another lesson. Let me get it. And eventually, it had to do, if my mom would pass away because my mom would pass away, my second wife would leave because our relationship had to end because it just had to end. This is just what was in my journey. Now, if if it would be in two years apart, I would not be feeling the pain that I felt because it was in one week apart. And the fact that it was so painful and in, in, in such a high volume of pain, this is what made me to be, become so broken that I had to put the pieces together. So, so when we're looking back, 
this is where the pain. So, so as to your point is, you need to fix things mm -hmm. to, be, to, to be valuable for all of us. Sometimes we actually open up and look, hey, why do you need to do that? And some of us would look at that because all the other doors are shut and we need to open the door that we've been trying to avoid all our life to open. And every, all the doors need to be shut for us to open the door that we really don't want to walk through. And we could. Yeah. So talk about the work you're doing now. So today, uh, I speak about the book, you know, to different organizations and today, and it's not as much about the book as much about the, I, I'm more focusing on, on, on the, on the fear energy, how the fear energy sourcing us and how fear energy causing us to do what we do. And so this is one thing that they do. And I also doing a, a personal coaching with, with people and because the, the story of, of my story is, is so related to so many people. And, and for example, with you, you know, we, we, not, we did not talk about what you were saying about fixing. You, you brought it up in the middle of the interview. And this, this could be probably two to three hours worth of work for us to do together to get complete with that. So this is what they do when I work with people. I just support them in, in their life journey. And, and some of them showing up because Life don't work because relationship don't work. Work or business does not work. Uh, some of them show up because for health reasons. I'm not, I, I don't give any health advices. I just support people to look at their own life to understand why they got sick in the first place. Uh, so this is the work, the work that they do. And, and part of it is you take them on their own journey. Is that fair? Yeah. So, 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 so we do a lot of meditation together. We do Reiki together. Uh, and people just, just share their, their, their life. And, and by me sharing similar things that they experience, opening up for them the opportunity to look at themselves. What, what, one of the things that they say in the book, the willingness to be vulnerable is the access to freedom. Now, I could sit here and say, okay, Tim, be vulnerable. It's not going to work. Yeah. Now, you share about yourself because I share about myself. Right. And, and, and you can look at yourself because you feel safe and comfortable because you're sitting in front of somebody that is willing to be vulnerable. Because being vulnerable in our society is a care, is a weakness. Yeah, don't show it. So you're taught from the time you're little. Yeah. No, don't show it. Yep. <laughs> Man up. Yep. Man up. Don't cry. What are you afraid of? Yep. It's not, like this is this is what we've been programmed from from the first moment of us growing. I think people that can show vulnerability is people that are comfortable in their own skin. You have nothing what to hide. I, I, at this point, people will judge me. They will judge my accent, will judge the way that I speak, will judge the way that they can read, cannot read. And I got it. I can't, not everybody go to like me, not everybody go to find value in the book. And I'm okay with that. And if one person gets value out of this book, I, I did my job. Yeah, I'm sure many more than one will. But I'm only concerned about the one that got the value right here, right now. And then there's another person. And then there's another person. And I think, and I hope and think that more than one person will find value in this book. But every person that, every person that getting value out of this book and their life will be open to different possibilities thanks to the fact that they were willing to read the book and really absorb the book and really do the work. Because this is not a reading book. This is a working book. It, yeah, bring a notebook, set some time aside. In, in it is literally a, a story, almost in a parable sense, and then an invitation to reflect at the end of each section, right? And then it ends with a series of reflections and devotions, kind of. And, you know, so you can read it straight through, but the real value is when you stop and, and start to do, even if it's just a little bit of the work you recommended, 
you know, you really, really makes you stop and think like I told you yesterday when we connected. Yeah. And, and this is, this is why eventually the book was created like that. And some people will read it straight through and, and come back to it. Some people will read the chapter at a time. Some people will not read it. Some people will buy it and never, never open it. Some people will never buy it. And, and it's okay. And, and, and I just hope and, looking forward for the people that it will impact their life. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind sharing kind of as a closing point, the story behind the eggshell? Of the name? Yeah. Yeah. So as I, as I, as I share uh, to, to this interview, uh, the, the, the part of when my mom passed away and, and when I went back to, to come back to Pittsburgh and, and at that, that time, as I say, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. I could, I, I was, I was praying for somebody at the time. I was really praying for my wife at the time to come back. Just, just, I tried to do everything. And I, and I thought in the moment that she's coming back, my life will be okay. I will forgive her. I will do this. Just come back. And I did everything that they could to get a cut ever come back and she didn't and I was hoping for something outside of me to fix me I was praying for somebody to touch my shoulder and say you fix you heal everything is okay then I remember in one point of time when I was 10 years old back in Israel I grew up in a kibbutz this is a this is a this is a farm living uh, environment uh, we, we, as kids, we, we start working from age zero. I like working is, is we always work. Uh, and as kids, we, we ran, um, we had like a petting zoo that we, that we ran. And this particular day, I happened to work in the petting zoo and take cleaning up the shade. We had the shade over there that there were some animals in there, small animals. And, and most of the animals were, outside free in big cages and and now all this place was running by kids i mean we 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 managed everything and we took care of the animals we took we kept the place clean we did everything now we had one adult that was there to make sure that we don't hurt ourselves and we don't hurt the animals but beside that all the labor and everything was done by, by the kids and this particular day i was working and cleaning up the, the shed that we had there and in the shed, we had an incubator for eggs that their moms abandoned them. And there was big, big light and heating lamps to, to make sure that they actually hatched. And this particular day, uh, I was looking at the incubator and I see a, a chick trying to break through the eggshell. And I was fascinated. And it was like, it's an amazing. And, and I'm looking, looking, and I see that. The, the chick breaking the eggshell and then stop, breaking the eggshell and then stop. And I reach with my arm and I want to help the, the chick to break the eggshell because I see him struggling. Now, luckily, the gentleman, the adult gentleman that was actually supervising us, I didn't even see him there. Like, luckily, he was standing next to me. And as soon as he saw me reaching with my arm, he grabbed my arm and say, don't do that. And I looked at him and I say, why not? And he say, the chick needs to build his muscles inside the eggshell by breaking the eggshell to be able to live outside of the eggshell. And at the time, I mean, I was 10 years old. I don't know if this is the words that he actually used, but this is what I understood from that. And, and I put it in my memory bank and, and moved on. Obviously, I let the chick do the chick. I, I, and, you know, and th this was an insignificant day for me and this gentleman, extremely significant day for the chick, but I did not know that this day will actually will be so important in my life. Fast forwarding again, being 45 years old, and as my life, as, as I knew it falling apart, I all of a sudden remember this day with the chick. 
and say that I am looking, I am, I am the chick inside the eggshell right now. And all the pain and suffering that I feel is to build the muscles to live outside of this eggshell that I build around myself. Now this eggshell I build around myself throughout all of my life is to be safe, is to be protected, to hide my secrets, to hide my weaknesses. I felt safe inside this eggshell, but this eggshell also was limiting me. And now it was my time either to break the eggshell or to shrink and to live safe inside the eggshell. And from that moment and on, I shift any obstacle that show up in my life as an opportunity to break the eggshell and to build the muscles of to survive outside the eggshell. Oh, but I will use not surviving, I will use to live freely outside the eggshell. And, and, and my invitation for people that will read it is to shift their relationship to what occurred to us as a problem, to what occurred to us as a challenge, to shift it to an opportunity to see what is available on the other side of this pain, to what is available on the other side of the struggle, to what is available outside of the eggshell that we build ourselves around ourselves to, live, to keep ourselves safe. Joel, thank okay. you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, links to Joel's website, to the book itself, and whatnot are all in the show notes. They're also going to be featured on timkubiak.com. So thank you again. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks again for Joel being here today. Thank you for listening. A special thanks. I'm very grateful for Dominic Maskey, uh, Motivation Champs, for introducing Joel and I. It was really an amazing experience for me. By all means, check out his book. Check out his site. Links are in the show notes. And until next week, happy selling.